0: It's time for this week's Prep Basketball Confidential. An in-depth look at high school basketball across East Central Illinois. From the combined resources of the News Gazette, Champaign Multimedia Group, and Newstalk 1400, ninety three nine FM, and Light Rock 97.5. And now the host of Prep Basketball Confidential, Colin Likas. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Prep Basketball Confidential radio show Thank you all for joining us this evening, however you might be listening. I'm Colin Likas along with Joey Wright. We've got you for the next hour here talking about high school hoops throughout the East Central Illinois area, and we've got a jam-packed second show of the 2022-23 season for you guys. We're going to hear from Gibson City Melvin Sibley, boys basketball coach Ryan Tompkins as well as St. Joseph Ogden Boys Basketball Coach Kyle Duvall. Also going to hear from Tuscola Girls Basketball Coach Tim Kohlbecker, whose team is one of the few unbeatens left in the area. Coach Duvall's Spartans also fall into that category. And we'll unveil our first top ten rankings of this radio show season. Joey Wright did our previews of uh, preseason, I should say, top ten rankings in both girls' and boys' basketball, and... uh, let me tell you, plenty has changed uh, <laughs> since uh, in the in the two weeks since. So, Joey, how are we doing tonight?
1: Doing great. Uh, excited to be back in here. Show number two of the season, and just looking at the rundown. And Colin, you you ran through who we've got coming up uh, there just a second ago. I'm excited to hear from all four of these coaches. Mm-hmm. There's been some shuffling, and all the coaches we have are uh, on the upswing. Their programs are trending in the right direction. They've All tallied some big
0: wins here in the early stages. Yeah, and if you uh, count the number of coaches whose names I read off, it only equates to three, and Joey said four. That's because the fourth would be Champaign Central girls basketball coach Poncho Moore, who I caught up with earlier today. Um, I'll I'll say it again for for folks who may be first-time, second-time listeners. We're definitely going to have the girls' basketball representation on this show, but you have to know it's going to be tough to get live interviews with girls' basketball coaches and players. So many of these teams play on Monday nights. It's usually not the case with the boys' programs. We have three boys' games tonight, and I believe we have 21 or 22 girls' games, so there's your difference right there. But always going to do our best, and Poncho was great to share a little bit of time with me this afternoon. Talk to him about the Maroons and their 5-5 five and five start to the season, so let's take a listen to what he had to say. Glad to be joined now on our Prep Basketball Confidential show by Poncho Moore, head coach of the Champaign Central girls basketball program, who's sitting at five and five on the season after a win over Peoria Manual on Saturday afternoon. Poncho, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight.
2: Thank you for having us. I greatly appreciate it.
0: Oh, Absolutely, and uh, it's been an interesting season so far, even in the early going. Teams sitting at five and five, like I said, uh, but. Uh, you guys went and played in a very challenging tournament over in Morton that uh, you took your lumps probably learned some great things. And coming off that, we, we've had a double overtime win over Kankakee and a much more uh, lopsided win over Peoria Manuel. Just uh, first of all, how, how do you feel about the direction this team is trending right now?
2: Uh, I like the team. This is uh, one of my... Uh favorite teams in a while it's just it's so exciting and uh, you never know what you're going to get from one game to the next so it's just been a joy uh, to coach these young ladies this year and like you said uh, it's been what seems like a roller coaster but that is one heck of a tournament over in Morton and we absolutely love going there just because it it shows us where we are and uh, what we need to work on and uh, the final score there is never a real picture of what it, it actually looked like in those games I mean, you're at five points in most of them coming down in the last two minutes. and you know, So it's, it's, it's just a joy to be able to coach this group this year and uh, see where we're headed.
0: And what do you learn from an event like that? Because you start off the, the season in the Paris-Turkey tournament. You guys go three and one there. The competition, there are some good teams, obviously, but uh, it's not quite up to the, the same level maybe as what you see over in Morton where you guys saw the host school and Batavia, East St. Louis, and Peoria Richwoods.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you look at Morton alone, and they've gone to state seven of the last eight years, and the only time they didn't go was playing against the Richwoods team that you just mentioned. Uh, and then you have Batavia, who I feel is one of the best teams in the state this year. They're just, even though they had that six, 5 young lady last year, it's like they got even better this year without her, it seems. And it's just like, I love playing these schools because you know you're right there in the midst of things, and there's some things that we can fine tune and be ready at the end of the year. so it's never about how we start but like uh how we finish the season so these are excellent teams to go against early on, and I mean you've played a fourth of your schedule within the first week, so it's it's understanding you're gonna grind and you you learn and then you're ready for the big games that are coming here hereafter.
0: Then you come in to visit Kankakee for a, a really good non-conference game. You don't have your, your typical leading scorer, Addie McLeod, and you take Kankakee to double overtime, win it 48-46. to 46. That just seems like the kind of game that you could look back later in this season and think, man, that was a big turning point game for this group.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, 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 we trust the process. And, uh, for us, a lot of it has been free throws and we've consistently worked on those every single day because last year, uh, we probably lost about six or seven games that came down to the free throw line. You know, close games that here or there, you make a couple, uh, your record stands a little bit better. So this year we didn't want to have that same thing. So we worked continuously on free throws, and that game they completely killed it, especially coming down the stretch. They made the shots they were supposed to make. They did the things they were supposed to do, and they just listened, and they saw how effective we can be when everybody's on the same page. And it, overall, it's just an amazing team win. And that's what we, like you said, we started to build on and we're looking to move forward because, as you say, that is something that can change a season when you're in a double overtime game in a hostile environment and you just never give up. You just were resilient to the very end.
0: Talking with Champion Central girls basketball coach Poncho Moore and thinking of some, uh, some possible heroes from that game against Kankakee. Navia S.E.N. played a huge role, obviously, in what happened there against the Kays. And uh, he's going to have to continue to play a big role as the season goes on.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, She's our our team captain this year, and uh, she's showing why um, each game uh, almost averaging a double-double every game, and I mean, a nice size, and so, you know, when you're getting around uh, 10-plus boards every night, that's a huge piece, Um, and at the same time, uh, you have people like certain refs at some of the games that just come back out and like, like that forty forty four 44 is such a true leader. And, you know, it's just good to hear uh, about your players and things when they keep continually commenting on you. Um, but yes, yeah, she's absolutely doing some big things down that game, the stretch there in that kanga key game. She set a, uh, an amazing screen that freed up L'Oreal to hit that uh, buzzer beater. And then in the end, she made two free throws in the uh, over, double overtime, as well as got the steal at the, uh, at the last possession to stop them from scoring. So, you know, you can't say enough about a kid like that. You, you love the kids that do the intangible, and uh, you just have have to just celebrate them.
0: And then looking at another senior who I've mentioned a couple of times already in, in Addie McLeod. She's committed to Winthrop, to actually sign to Winthrop at this point, to continue her basketball career at the next level. Just uh, how have you seen maybe her focus and her attention uh uh, maybe improve even from last year now that she's you know officially signed with the college because after I talked with her It seemed like it wasn't something where she was going to rest on her laurels as a result of achieving that standing
2: No, I don't think she's rested one moment um, uh, Last night, you know 630 p.m. She's trying to get in the gym So we opened the gym and just let her get some shots up. So she's committed to you know continually improving her game um this year though she's uh she hasn't had to take on the struggle of scoring every game. Um uh, we have a lot of different weapons and each game has been someone different. So the beauty of it for her is she's her assist to turnover numbers have improved. Uh everything, her free throws, all all the little things that you can ask for um have gone up. So we don't worry so much about the scoring piece each and every night. It's just they'll do the little things and we'll continue to just keep keep getting better.
0: Let's look at some of the other girls in this roster as well. You've got a good, good, healthy senior class beyond Navai and Addy. You've got girls like Kennedy Ramshaw, who's transferred in, like Braylon Alexander. Some underclassmen who have done good things, like L'Oreal Allen, the junior, like you mentioned. A girl like Alex Peristerin, a sophomore. Just uh, seems like a lot of good pieces that be- could potentially make some positive noise as the season goes on.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. And like you said, it's so many different pieces. Uh, Kennedy has been huge. She's like that Swiss army knife where you just never know which part you need from which moment, but her game is really, um, coming along very nicely. Very polished player who, you know, I expect her to continue. And like you said about Alex, um, just having a solid point guard this year, one that understands you and kind of can, um, run the team as you see it, um, that helps tremendously. So it, it really helps having a point guard who has the same vision as you and uh, can slow things down when it needs to be slowed down, but at the same time can uh, help get everybody on the same page. So it's so many different pieces, uh, as you mentioned, the L'Oreal's, and then some of the same ones from last year with Carly and J'lay, um and Bray Lynn. So it's, it's it's a fun team that you just never know what you're going to get, which night and you can try to stop one person and somebody else steps up so oh, that's the beauty of it. It's just all around team basketball this year.
0: And one more for you, Poncho. Something I wrote about late last week for the news gazette was uh, the unfortunate reality that Centennial not going to be fielding a varsity girls basketball team for the rest of this season. And obviously, you guys and Centennial are cross town rivals. That's two games that won't be happening this year as a result. Uh, for you, how important would it be just to to see that team get back on the court? They are your rival. You know plenty of those girls. You know Coach Tamara Butler. Just to to be able to see the Chargers get back on the court in a varsity capacity as soon as possible. How important is that to local girls' basketball?
2: Oh, it's, it's huge. It's, it's huge. That's the whole piece of why um, I do middle school, why Coach Butler used to do middle school, is because we just want girls to continue to love the game and to continue playing. Um, so it's vital for that program to thrive. Um, so we're working here, at, like I say, Jefferson. I've got kids at, at Franklin that will be going over there next year, and we're just trying to make sure that that program stays on track. And, and even though we're rivals, she and I are very close friends, and we're always training each other's kids to make sure that you know, when this city's on top of the uh, map, then good things happen. So we want to make sure that all the schools here are competitive, and that's huge for uh, her to keep working with those young ladies and getting them on their feet. And the JV squad is doing pretty good. You know, that would have been, like I said, a tough schedule for them to do with varsity and JV um, for some of those young freshmen and, and sophomores. But at the same time, I know she's going to coach them up this year and get them ready for next. And uh, hopefully they'll be back on their feet in no time and we can uh, keep things rolling get that rivalry back going.
0: Coach Poncho Moore of the Champion central girls basketball program. You can catch his Maroons tonight against Sullivan for a non-conference game over at Central High School. Poncho, thanks again for making the time, and uh, good luck to you and the girls here moving forward, and looking forward to
2: talking to you again soon. Thank you for having me, Colin. Greatly appreciate it. Sir.
0: Thanks again to Poncho for taking some time to chat. Yeah, really intriguing game tonight. Champaign-Central's girls hosting Sullivan in a non-conference game. One that's been pretty competitive the last few seasons as Sullivan has built a fairly consistent Class 2A power. Sullivan was off to a 4-0 start this season, but has since dragged down to 4-3, so Central's definitely going to be wanting to pick up the win, especially with both normal West and normal community on the docket later this week in a pair of Big 12 road games. Joey, you know plenty about the Big 12 from the Peoria perspective. uh, You and I have talked about kind of that that gap in the in Big Twelve girls basketball where there are some clear good to even great teams when you look at Peoria and Peoria Notre Dame mm-hmm. and then there's some other teams that have been struggling for the last few years. Uh, how do you think Central's chances stack up?
1: I think Central is firmly in that top half of the conference. Um, I think it's them, the schools in Normal, Normal Community and West, as you mentioned, and then Peoria and, and PND. Um, but you look at Central. I mean, they've got the Winthrop commit and Addie McLeod and uh, a lot of great role players. Around uh, around her, uh, Alex Perastoron uh, can step up and lead the scoring as well. So, uh, Peoria Peori and Peoria Notre Dame are going to have to tread lightly when it comes to Champagne Central. You know, the Lions have uh, Aliana Geitens, a, a mm-hmm. terrific player, and uh, Peoria Notre Dame, led by Maya Wardle. Uh, they're they're I think clearly one and two in the conference, but uh, Central I think they could uh, they could absolutely sneak in and grab a win uh, on the right day or, or evening.
0: You gotta watch out also for Peoria Richwoods, which already owns a win this season over Champagne Central in a tournament setting. Yeah. So Central going to be looking for revenge when they play each other in their actual Big Twelve game later this year.
1: I didn't even consider Richwoods um, yeah. off the jump. But we talked about that last week. Richwoods record, I think, at the time when we were talking about them, was 1-5, and five, mm-hmm. but those five losses were all close, all competitive. Mm-hmm. The Knights, uh, Todd Hersey runs a great program over there. At one point, just a few years ago, they had more state titles than losing seasons. There you go. So that's a good Richwoods program. They're always going to bring their best, even in a down year, and I think their record will improve as the season goes along.
0: Pretty impressive stuff there. And uh, Champaign Central, spoiler alert, might just appear in our latest Girls Basketball Top 10 rankings, but we'll reveal those a little later on in this episode. For now, we're going to take our first... First commercial break. When we come back we're going to be joined by Gibson City Melvin Sibley, boys basketball coach Ryan Tompkins.
3: This week's Serve Pro Champagne and Vermillion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5 powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois.
0: 616, welcome back to the Prep Basketball Confidential Show. I'm Colin Likus with Joey Wright. Thanks again for joining us. And still looking for an official sponsor for this school year's season of the Basketball Confidential Show. So if you or a company you know is interested, uh, drop us a line. Our email addresses are kind of out there and in, in the open. Pretty easy to find. So uh, let us know and get something worked out so we can uh, represent these these high school athletes across the area just a little bit better. I said it last week, uh, this time we spend
1: riffing about needing a sponsor. That could be mm-hmm. your company we're talking about. Exactly.
0: So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's go ahead and march on with this week's episode. Glad to be joined now by Gibson City Melvin Sibley Boys basketball coach Ryan Tompkins, whose team is sitting with a 4-1, and nearly 5-0 and record going into Tuesday's game at Tri-Valley, a Heart of Illinois conference matchup. Ryan, thanks so much for being part of the show tonight.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Colin. I appreciate it. It's always uh, fun talking to you. Uh,
0: Absolutely. Uh, Same here, same feelings here. And uh, I was thinking back, you know, the last uh, few seasons of GCMS Boys Basketball, it's been uh, kind of uh, maybe working up toward this point where there were some young teams, some young rosters following that 2019 run to the Class 2A third-place state trophy. And uh, maybe we're seeing some of the fruits of that that labor and hard work right now. Uh, How are you feeling about the way this team's looking through the first five games?
3: Yeah, that's definitely a good point. You know, we have a lot of uh, – we're, we're with a 10-man roster for the varsity, and eight of those guys uh, lettered last year. We have six seniors. Then um, there's a junior, Ty that started last year as a sophomore, and Braden Elliott, who as a freshman last year played a lot, He's a sophomore now. So we have a lot of guys um, with experience. And like you said, you know, it, it was kind of – we've had our ups and downs. We, we've battled various situations. Last year we only had one player. Uh, who was able to dress every game. We've had injuries and COVID-related things, and, and everybody goes through that, we know. But uh, it's nice now. It seems like we're we're getting, for the most part, we're healthy. We're uh, uh, gelling as a unit, and, and that experience is definitely paying off.
0: Well, you guys started off with a 3-1 record in your own Turkey tournament before beating Flanagan Cornell to open up the Heart of Illinois Conference schedule. The only loss in that tournament was an overtime thriller against a good Iroquois West team. Uh, obviously, you got to be pretty happy with the play there, but one of the reasons I bring up the tournament is because of something you mentioned to me last month in that uh, the founder of that tournament, Norm Schall, in yeah. his in the 50th year of the tournament, still doing the scorebook, right?
3: Yes, absolutely. It's kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a journey of a tournament because obviously GCMS has only been a school district for, I think, we're going on 29 years. Mm-hmm. But uh, Norman Shaw was the head coach at Melvin Sibley in 1972. He had been down south coaching. There were some Thanksgiving tournaments down there. He brings that idea with him to Melvin. Um, the turkey tourney, as it was called, kicked off in 72. Uh, it was his idea. And then uh, Jack Kovale at Gibson City started one of his own in 76, and then we consolidate '93 and form today's version. And we went ahead and linked it all the way back and uh, to that 1972 year. So this is our 50th version. And uh, Norm has been doing the the scorebook for us as a program, but also for the tournament for the last 30 years, I believe.
1: It's incredible stuff. 50 years. Uh, that's a long yeah. time to do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Coach, yeah. want to uh, dive into some some roster uh, specific stuff? You know, you mentioned eight guys coming back uh, who lettered last season. Just looking at the box scores from GCMS games this season. Uh, you look at the Flanagan-Cornell game. Ty Cribbitt, 19 points. Chase Minion and Braden Elliott right behind them with 18 and 17. Seth Barnes, Seth Colross, also some names that pop up pretty frequently. Seems like uh, on that 10-man roster, you guys have uh, a number of players that can step up and lead the way on a given night.
3: Yeah, and I think that's one of our things that we have to continue to stress and, and rely on is the fact that we feel we have you know, uh, a selection of guys who can score, um, which hopefully bodes well down the road As you know, you get into the, the depth of the season and, and coaches start to see you more and try to figure you out try to take away certain tendencies or, or strengths. we have other guys are gonna be able to step up in those moments. And, and so far it's been a good formula. Um, the guys have really worked well together, but like you said, we've had, uh, I want to say five, five, maybe six different guys scoring double figures for us, which, um, you know, that, that's a good formula. It's a good, you, you know, it makes it tougher on the defense. Hopefully I have to cover more ground and try to get out some more on some uh, some shooters and, and uh, we can mix things up a little bit
0: talking with GCMS boys basketball coach Ryan Tompkins and you know I'll, I'll go back to that 2018-19 boys basketball team that ended up placing third in the Class 2A state tournament uh, I know family roots are strong in the in the GCMS school district and you just look back at some of the names from that roster you know the, the Barnes, the Elliott the, the Cribbit, and lo and behold there's more of yep. those names on this year's roster uh, as much as some things change some things stay the same uh, just how much is that kind of uh, uh, that Fam, those family ties, how much does that kind of help with what you want to do? Because uh, you know, it's it's not all necessarily brothers. Sometimes it's cousins or some yeah. other relation. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's guys who had some older siblings or older relatives who who came through the program.
3: Yeah, and the um, you know all those that you mentioned have another brother, you know that has played in our program besides the ones that were on the eighteen nineteen team. And and uh, Seth and Zach Barnes as twins, and Ty Cribbit uh, and Braden Elliott were all the youngest. So they have grown up watching a lot of GCMS, GCMS basketball, um, whether it be their older brothers starting back in the like thirteen fourteen years. So you watch enough, you're around it enough, right? You pick up some things, and and just being around sports as a whole is always always a, a good thing, in my opinion, because you can pick up a lot of good life skills.
1: What are some traditions and things you guys do in the program that are unique to Falcons basketball? You know, you mentioned they grow up going to the games and, and being around the locker room, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. What are some traditions and some of those things that GCMS does as a program that, you know, you're only going to find in, in Gibson City and Melvin and Sibley?
3: Yeah, you know, probably, joy not, not much different than probably what a lot of coaches do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always try to maintain contact with former players and, and uh, when, when guys are back, we reach out to them and, and uh, relay messages. And, and just kind of, uh, you know, it, it was tough with that kind of two-year gap there, but you had the middle school kids watching the high school kids. And, you know, it's a, it's, um, you know we're a small district, so you know each other. You see each other coming to games and, and uh, vice versa. So there's a connection that way. And like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt when you have the same families. Um, because obviously they, you know, kind of you want to do what your older brother did and kind of follow those paths, and those guys have done a good job in carving those paths out, but, you know, simple things like that. And we do, you know, I'm a history teacher by by uh, my day my day job, I guess, right? And uh, so we've done some, you know, we, we track down jersey numbers when the kids get their uniform, hey, here's a list of all the guys who've worn that number, you know, and, and, and then they'll recognize somebody maybe that is in town or somebody that they know that they never knew played basketball, so maybe some little things like that. But for the most part, it's just, you know, trying to stay connected, uh, stay in communication and, and, and celebrate them when they get out of high school and what they do after, after high school.
0: Well, oh, Ryan, looking ahead here, you guys, once the calendar flips from 22 to 23, you'll be pre- embroiled in in a lot of HOIC action for the most part. A few non-conference games sprinkled in, but a lot of HOIC competition, whether it's in just regular season games or in the McLean County HOIC tournament. But in the lead up to that, uh, you got Tri-Valley, like we said, tomorrow that's an HOIC game, but then Watsika, Paxton, and Roanoke, three non-conference games before you jump into the always challenging Monticello Holiday Hoopla Tournament right after Christmas. Christmas. How much does this non-conference slate that you guys have through late November and early December, how does that prepare you not only for the playoffs to come, but also just for the HOIC schedule that you have?
3: Yeah, we're really, you know, as a, as a coach in the HOIC and the boys' basketball side and program in there, we're really proud of the fact of what the conference has been able to do, especially in the postseason. Various teams um, making it to states, having postseason success, so we really feel like going through that makes you a better team and preps you for that postseason. And then you sprinkle in, like like for us, kind of we do have Tri-Valley tomorrow, but then the next two games uh, with Watseka and PBL are kind of old Wasica conference foes from back in the day. Um, you know. And then, like you said, the Monticello tournament is always outstanding. So well-ran. Uh, we've had a lot of great moments there. We've had a lot of fun memories there. And uh, another good field of teams that we're going to run into there. So just kind of battle-tested, right? Um, the fact that you just go against good teams, um, you know, keep yourself pushing forward, handle the ups and handle the downs, and get yourself ready for uh, for a postseason.
0: Well, Ryan, I know you mentioned being a history teacher. I feel like we've touched on some good history in the short interview we've had here, and Joey and I both love a little a little good sports history, so appreciate yeah, yeah, you indulging us a little bit in that. <laughs>
3: No, I tell you, I need to be able to talk to somebody about it because my wife gets tired of hearing the same story.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Ryan Tompkins, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, boys basketball coach. Again, you can catch his kids this coming Tuesday at Downs for a game against Tri-Valley in the Heart of Illinois Conference. Ryan, thanks again for making some time out of your evening and uh, looking forward to talking about you guys a little bit more as the season goes on.
3: Sounds good, and really, honestly, uh, thank you guys for all you do for high school athletes. Um, it's a blessing to have shows like this and what you do with the newspaper column and and uh, getting getting kids' names out there, so we appreciate it as well.
0: Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate that. Thanks, Ryan.
3: Take care, guys. Yep, thank yep, you.
0: You too. And it's uh, always fun to go out to a sports-crazed community like GCMS, You know, like Fisher, like Leroy, those three local teams, Ridgeview as well, that we've got in the heart of Illinois conference who, you know, they're not... The closest to Champagne compared to some other schools, but man, when you go up there, you know exactly what you're in for, and it's going to be a raucous, loud environment of people who are centrally focused on trying to will their team to victory.
1: Absolutely, and... Uh GCMS has had a lot of success uh, but when I say the record you know doesn't really matter that's mm-hmm. uh, a compliment because it could be any year you know pick mm-hmm. your sport uh, GCMS is one of those small town communities that makes covering high school sports so much fun you know you're in for a good atmosphere
0: and always fun to see the falcons in action absolutely let's go ahead and take our second break here on the prep basketball confidential show when we come back we are going to unveil our latest girls basketball top 10 rankings also going to hear from a coach of one of those teams that being Tuscola's Tim Colbecker.
3: You're listening to the surf Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5 powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois.
0: We're going to have to roll out some uh, Prep Basketball Confidential uh, promos moving forward here from Gene Honda but always good to hear the voice of so many different sports teams, fighting a line at Chicago Blackhawks, what have you. It is just about 6.30 here on the Prep Basketball Confidential Show. Colin Likas with Joey Wright. You've got us for another half hour talking about local high school hoops. Got plenty to get to. That includes the girls' basketball top ten rankings. Joey, do you have anything you want to say before I unveil these latest teams?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think because it, it looks a lot different than it did yeah. just a few weeks ago, but... Uh, There's been a lot of shifting, I think well-earned. We've seen uh, some teams, uh, don't want to spoil anything before you get into it, but really come out and start hot. Other teams we thought might get out to better starts have stumbled a bit, but... You know, it's that weird time of the year where you're still tr- figuring things out, and, mm-hmm. you know, you've got uh, seasons shifting from one to another. Uh, by and large, I, th- I think girls' basketball in our area right now, though, is really strong. Uh, not a lot of games off, and it's really been kind of any given night, right? Anyone mm-hmm. can step up and, and beat anyone, except for some of the teams at the top of our <laughs> rankings. I don't want to give anything away.
0: That's right. We don't have a lot of unbeatens left in the girls' basketball ranks. Uh, and this early in the season, that's kind of a surprise, but let's dive into it. I do you have three new? teams out of the top 10 overall our number 10 team is not one of those that being the salt fork storm salt fork hanging on to a top 10 spot despite a two and two start we know the storm has a lot of potential return the entire lineup starting lineup anyway from last season so uh, looking to see if the storm can bounce back here as the season goes on has a good opportunity to do that tonight against an armstrong potomac team that's only lost one game so far and was very nearly in the top 10 itself so uh, that's an interesting battle tonight our number nine team is a new one to the rankings, that being the Saragorda Broncos. Good start for CGB, 6-1 and on the season, currently on a four-game win streak. They are hosting Okaw Valley tonight in the Lincoln Prairie Conference game. Our number eight team this week is another new one to the rankings. It's the Cisna Park Timberwolves. Cisna Park is 6-1, and started off with six consecutive wins for, before suffering a loss at Unity. And Cisna Park will be at Chrisman tonight to open Vermilion Valley Conference play. Our number seven team this week is the aforementioned Unity Rockets, probably a team that I personally might have overlooked a little bit when creating the preseason top ten. It's a pretty young group of Rockets, but led by Reagan Stringer and coach D- Dave Ellers, the Rockets are 5-1. and one. Their lone loss of the season was to Clinton by nine points. The very next night, they bounce back and beat Cisna Park, so really cementing their spot in these rankings. Unity is going to be hosting Urbana tonight in a battle of the U teams, and Joey, Joey hoping for... Possibly an Urbana win, which Maybe. no slight to Unity, but he's an Urbana grad. It's, <laughs> you, you, it's okay.
1: You gotta be proud of where you came
0: from. Yeah, absolutely, you do. Our number six team this week. Uh, you heard from their coach earlier on the show. It's the champaign Central Maroons. champaign Central five and five on the season, but a quality five and five. Going to be hosting Sullivan tonight. Trying to get above five hundred. And our number five team this week, it's the Tri-County Titans. Tri-County off to another hot start. It seems like no matter what Joe Morrissey does, he can just plug in place new players to fill in for the old ones, and everything goes just fine. The Titans are 7-2, and two, coming off a 59-point uh, win over Schlarman last week. Tri-County is one of the few teams that's off tonight in the area. They're going to be hosting Nioga tomorrow night. Our number four team this week is the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond Knights. Uh, the Knights got off to a little bit of a slow start, but have since bounced back nicely. They are six and one on the season, coming off wins over Moroa, Forsyth, and Sullivan. They are going to be hosting Argenta Oriana tonight to open Lincoln Prairie Conference play. And our number three team this week is the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Bulldogs are 5-2 on the season, coming off a five-point loss to Mount Zion in Apollo Conference play. The other loss is also by five points to Metamora, so very close to being 7-0 are the Bulldogs. They're going to be hosting a good Taylorville team tonight in another Apollo Conference game. And our number two team this week is the St. Thomas More Sabres, one of the few teams that didn't really move in our uh, in from our preseason top 10 poll to where they are right now four and one on the season the lone loss by five points to a sullivan team that just barely missed on making the top 10 this week stm is going to be hosting Tuscola tonight, and our number one team this week is the Tuscola Warriors. So uh, a two-versus-one matchup on a Monday night in non-conference play. Can't ask for much more. The Warriors are 9-0, and off to a blistering start that includes a win over Tri-County. They also beat Arthur. They also beat St. Joseph Ogden, who was our preseason number one. So uh, Tuscola looking great, and uh, it would be really great for them if they can head to Champaign tonight and knock off STM in a non-conference game.
1: Yeah, it's a great time to be a basketball player in Tuscola right now. The boys' side of things looking great as well. But Tuscola, they've got a lot of talent. Tim Kohlbecker, uh has things rolling for that uh, girls' program. Excited to see how they fear against Aaron Kornstrom and uh, St. Thomas Moore. Talk mm-hmm. with... last week. Um, But yeah, you look up and down the top ten. Unity in in Urbana tonight, we joke, but I like that Unity team. Mm -hmm. Um, Reagan Stringer, as you mentioned, leading the way. And their loss to Clinton, I want to just mention on Clinton real quick, three and four, it's kind of how even the the girls' landscape Mm -hmm. is. Clinton has a win against Sullivan. Sullivan has that win against St. Thomas (laughs) More, so you know, I forget what property that is, but (laughs) everyone seems to kind of have a handle on everyone, except Tuscola, who's going to play so of it on Thursday, right? Yes. That's correct. Get a chance to, to test that. Theory a little more,
0: yeah. That being the transitive property, I believe, and yep. uh, yeah, it's always tough because not all these teams are going to see each other in the playoffs. You know, some of them are going to go two a, some are going to go one a. In the case of you know Central versus Sullivan, that's a three a against a two a. So yeah, it's uh, it's always interesting to see how these regular season matchups pan out. But uh, really glad to be talking about Tuscola girls basketball at number one because I managed to catch up with Warriors girls basketball coach Tim Cole Becker earlier today. Always has a great word to share about his pro program and others. Let's hear a little bit of what what coach All right. <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let's hear a little bit of what coach Colbecker had to say. Glad to be joined now on the Prep Basketball Confidential show by Tim Colbecker, coach of the Tuscola Girls Basketball team currently sitting with a 9 and 0 record going into an intriguing non-conference game tonight against St. Thomas More on the road. Tim, thanks so much for being part of the program this evening. Sure. Well, uh, I know you've coached plenty of good Tuscola girls basketball teams over the years, but getting off to a 9-0 and start, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, certainly staying unbeaten for that long. What have been some of the keys to, to getting off to such a strong start with this group?
4: Um, you're right. I, we were thinking back, and I don't know that I've ever started 9-0. and I don't keep pretty good track of that. But I think the issue is we have a little more depth this year than we've had in past years. I've got eight people that can play. And the other thing is, we have a lot of flexibility position wise. We're certainly not, you know, the buzzword now is being positionless. We're not that. Uh, but I have some people who can flip around to different positions, which kind of makes matchups a little different for other teams and helps us quite a bit. And I actually think we're faster than we've been in a, in a number of years. And that's, we're trying to utilize those strengths.
0: And looking at what you guys have done so far, uh some really tough opponents littered in through those first nine games. You start off on the road against Marshall and then have to host Arthur the next night. Those are two tough games to start off the season. And then you face Tri-County for the Oakwood Comic Classic Championship and win that game by a point. Is there any one game, if you had to point out one where you maybe learned the most about this group of girls so far, any of those three, or is it another one entirely?
4: Actually, um, those were important, yes. But I would say we had one last week that really stands out more than the others. We played um, Shelbyville. And we knew this was a pretty good Shelbyville team. They've been good the last couple of years. And halftime, we had, I think, a five-point lead. And we were just kind of scuffing along. And we weren't doing things poorly. We just weren't putting shots in. Luckily, our defense was carrying us while we are waiting for our offense. And then it's like a tale of two teams. The second half, we were like, Oh, totally different team than the first half, and we just took off and turned on the Jets, and we got a lot of transition baskets. The ball got shared extremely well. We was it wasn't unusual to see a two-three ball, three pass over half court transition layup, which just makes any coach smile when you see that. And the kids started having fun with it. And then our defense—I uh, don't know which fed off the other—but our defense got even better and we held that team to three points in the second half meanwhile getting good looks high percentage shots and i asked the girls after the game like hey what what happened <laughs> in a good way what happened and uh one of my players goes "Goes, we were mentally tougher than they and that's the show tonight and i said you guys are mentally tough because they're not afraid to get on the floor they're not afraid to dive Um, they're willing to give up their buys. We have a charge chart in the locker room. I think we probably have more charges at this point in the season than we've had at any point in any season. Um, They're just willing to do the dirty things. So I I think that game was a very eye-opening game for us. Now, that was our last game. What happens this week, God only knows. (laughs) It's high school. So I'm knocking on wood, hoping for the best
0: talking with Tuscola girls basketball coach Tim Kohlbecker, looking at some of the girls who have made all of this happen. Uh, it's hard to start with one specifically and say you got to start here, but uh, I feel like Ella Boyer gives us a good starting spot because she has already established a Tuscola program record for three-pointers in a career earlier in the season, obviously signed with Illinois State Softball, just a, the kind of athlete you kind of dream to have as a coach, I imagine, right?
4: Yeah, no question. She's one of the most competitive players I've ever coached. And I've had some good ones. Uh, but she's as competitive as they get. In fact, she would say she would agree with that, that we we were asking kids the other day to use one word to describe yourself. Hers was competitive. And everybody in, in the room shook their heads. Yeah, we we know that. But yeah, she's uh, a, a really good one to build around. And the beauty is she can play the one guard, the two guards, um, she can bring it down, she can handle it, or she can sit out and be the shooting guard. Um, I think the other thing we have going for us this year is we we have more of an inside presence than we've had in the past, which is going to help open up the outside, uh, and hopefully they can't just sit on Ella and take her away. Um, so we're really focusing on going inside out as much as outside in. So, yes, yeah, is a good one to build on. And, I mean, we just have – like I said, we've got eight kids that I can put in at any time. I could probably start any of the eight, and I'm, I'm seeing improvements as we go along that we were hoping to get. Her sister has been running the point as a sophomore, which is not an easy thing to do. And I always tell my point guards, I said, "Look, I'm I'm be tougher on point guards than I am on anybody." And I had my own daughters who would attest to that, uh, <laughs> because they have they have to be the coach the coach's head out on the floor, and know what we want and what we want to do. And, and you know what, Ava's. A, as mentally tough as they get, and she handles it really well. I'm not that bad, but she knows I'm be tripping at her throughout a game. Underneath, we got Harley Woodard, Sydney Moss, Molly McCauley. You know, one's a junior, two are seniors. Harley can play inside, outside, which gives us a lot of flexibility with her. Sydney Moss is every game getting better. She's as athletic a kid with just natural born talents as I've had, and she's. Just now f- somehow figuring all that out, I think before her career's done, she could be one of the best post players to come through here. Molly McCauley has been a great role player for us. She's always in the right place on defense. We're trying to get her to score more because she has one of the best shots on the team. She just she had to miss a year for an injury, so it really kind of set her back. But she plays as good of position defense as we have. And then you got to add in Leah Patterson. Everybody knows Leah for her track exploits. She had 10 rebounds for us the other night, and she doesn't do what she can't do. She'll get to the basket. She will guard you. I do. I wouldn't want her guarding me, because she just she's like glue. She gives us some great options defensively. And then we got a girl Zoe Thomason, who is a junior. She played part of last year, and for reasons couldn't finish the year, um, but she's getting better and better every year, and giving us another outside threat. Izzy Wilcox, another one of the softball signees, right? She has taken on the role of, of trying to be our defensive stopper one-on-one. And her, feet, her athletic ability is as good as anybody's. So she, and she also has a beautiful three-point shot. So she's taken on that role, and she's constantly hurling her body all over the place. And every coach loves to have players that will do that. Sometimes we got to rein them in and practice so nobody gets hurt. But, man, it's, it's beautiful to see how hard they will go. And I think that's why we're where we're at right now. Again, we got a tough week this week, and, you know, we're going to take a loss at some time. Um, Hopefully not this week, but it's going to happen, and then we'll see how everybody responds.
0: Looking at uh, this week, like you said, St. Thomas Moore is a good test tonight. You mentioned having more size down low, you feel like, and obviously that's something you kind of need to, to battle with a STM at this point. And then just looking at Sullivan coming up, they got off to a pretty good start this year. Is, this is a game that has certainly become a rivalry over the years, especially recently since both <laughs> of these teams, you guys and Sullivan have, have played really well in the last few years. But, Uh, One of the reasons I bring up Sullivan is just because the CIC, this is the last year of it looking the way it is with St. Teresa and Sullivan on the way out. Uh, Does that make even more of an emphasis, whether you say it or not, on just trying to do as well as you can in CIC play this year?
4: You know, Colin, until you just brought it up i haven't really given it much thought to be honest i just take them one at a time i don't care if it's conferences non conferences i want to win them all of course but i never really thought about it so you just brought it up that yeah this is the last year of the conference as it is god knows what's going to happen after this but i guess yeah now that i'm giving it some thought that does add a little more emphasis to wanting to win a conference or a conference tournament or both and we have a, a really healthy rivalry with Sullivan. and and you're asking about our schedule i don't see easy games on our schedule I mean, some years you know that somebody's gonna you're going to play somebody and you're probably going to have your way with them. I don't see that coming up. And, again, I think that's the way I want it to be. We want to be battle-tested. But conference-wise, I think our, like, our conference tournament ought to be a war this year. I don't know if other coaches are thinking ahead to this is the end and there's a legacy to be left. I, who knows where – I haven't heard anything about where this is going to head when, this, when these people are gone. I, I have no idea. I don't know where we're going to be, who we're going to be playing, uh, but thank God the athletic directors have to handle all that.
0: So, Scully Girls basketball coach Tim Kohlbecker, you can catch him in the Warriors tonight over in Champaign against St. Thomas More for a what be a really good small school non-conference game. Tim, thanks again for making some time, and good luck to you and the girls here tonight and moving forward the rest of the season.
4: Thank you, Colin. Thank you for having me and and, and for kind of spotlighting our
0: Thanks to Coach Cole Becker, as always, for sharing some of his time with us. The Warriors are looking good as ever. It's a team that's got some good senior leaders, along with some really talented underclassmen, and I am excited to catch them on the court at some point. I feel like my first chance for that's probably going to end up being at the Monticello Holiday Hoopla Tournament right after Christmas. Pretty much always make it out to that for at least one day, if not more. It's just... Uh, One of those local events, uh, one of the few local tournaments that we have, and there are so many area teams competing at it. And as was said earlier on by Ryan Tompkins out of Gibson City, it is a very well-run tournament by Dan Sheehan and company. Speaking of well-run tournaments, the State Farm Classic, we were Mm
1: -hmm. just talking about that. Uh, That's where I've been. Last couple of years, yep. posted up and uh, tournament jo- quality, yeah. yeah, quality. That's a that's a well-run tournament. Uh, quantity and quality mm-hmm. too. A huge tournament, and Saint Joseph Ogden will be there. Yep, coming up next.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's who we're going to hear from after this last break. Would be Saint Joseph Ogden boys basketball coach Kyle Duvall. Also going to unveil our latest boys basketball top ten rankings. So be sure to stay tuned for both of those. 648, welcome back to the Prep Basketball Confidential Show. I'm Colin Likus with Joey Wright, and we've got a lot to tackle still before we go off the air here. That was our last break of the show, so let's not waste any time. Glad to be joined now by St. Joseph Ogden boys basketball coach Kyle Duvall, whose team is coming off season opening win of the Toyota of Danville Classic, which the Spartans hosted, last defeating Oakwood on Saturday, 66-31, to improve to 4-0. Kyle, thanks so much for being part of the show this evening
5: thanks for having
0: me on oh, absolutely and uh, getting to open at your home court i know i saw you guys on wednesday in that win against la salette but just uh, and i know you were supposed to open against linton stockton in the tournament of champions that game got moved because linton stockton had a football commitment over in indiana but uh, putting that aside getting to open the season with a tournament on your home floor being able to go four and zero, what does that do to just motivate these guys as we get into uh, the later december part of this schedule
5: yeah, I mean, I, I think it always helps having that, that home court advantage to start the season. Um, and I don't know if it was having three straight weeks of practice or what it was, but I thought our guys came out and played really well to start the year. Um, hopefully we can continue that. Uh, and, and, you know, just having – that was one of our goals was to win that tournament. And, and You finish there and you win that thing, and then it, it kind of propels you into the later part of the schedule.
1: You guys certainly didn't hesitate to score the ball at that tournament. You opened with an 85-19 win over Cisna Park and scored at least 65 points in the next three games. It was anywhere between 65 and 68 points. Uh, I know Collins had a lot of great coverage on the shot clock leading up to the season. You guys played with it there. Uh, Kyle, to what, to what extent did that impact uh, your play in the tournament and, and play overall?
5: I don't think it really impacted us on the offensive end. We always try to play fast and try to push the basketball and see if we can get easy buckets in transition. I think more it helped us on the defensive end, knowing that you know we had to guard really, really well for 35 seconds and try to just hold teams to, to tough, contested shots. If we can make them shoot you know, 15, 18-footers where we were contesting their shot and just getting the rebound from there, so we, we were able to push in transition, we liked our shot. Um, I think that's what helped us more than anything. The offensive side, you know, we don't, we don't usually stall the basketball or hold the basketball for a long period of time. We, you know, we're trying to attack at all times. Um, so the offensive side, it didn't affect us much. But the defensive side, it, it, it was definitely a help.
0: Well, you talked about goals when you, you mentioned this tournament, one of your goals off the bat to win the tournament. Mission accomplished in that regard. What what were some other goals this team set coming into the season? Because you graduated a few senior leaders, but obviously everybody knows that Ty Pence, Illinois State signee, was going to be coming back, and there was a good host of both other seniors and also some really talented underclassmen surrounding him. So what were some of the goals this group set going into the 2022-23 20, season?
5: You know, one of the main goals that we always said every year is to play that last Friday in February, which is the regional championship. And that was the, you know, when we went into the room and to the classroom, we broke down goals. You know, I said, "What's your first goal?" And that was the first thing they said was to play in that regional championship game. And I think, you know, for this group, it's it's not just that, but you know, you you want to try to play beyond that. Um, There's enough there to to do it. You just you have to compete every day. And we talked about how important practice is and. You know, you have to find ways to get better. Even in, in the tough parts of your schedule, you got to find ways to get better. And I think the big challenge for this group is, is going to be when when they're truly tested and, and when maybe we get beat. You know, when, when you get beat, how are you going to bounce back? How are you going to respond? Um, that's going to be the big challenge for this group. And, you know, it's, there's always all the tournaments we play in, there's always a the goal to win those, um, even though that's really, really difficult. Um, there's always that those home court goals that we have, you know, defend your home court and, and those type of things. Those were the things that we put on our list at, almost every year, uh, no matter what group we have and no matter what guys we have coming back.
0: Talking with St. Joseph Ogden Boys basketball coach Kyle Duval. Kyle, I want to ask, uh,
1: deservedly so, Ty Pence gets a lot of attention. Illinois State commit uh, 33 points against Oakwood, 28 against Watsika. But Logan Smith, quarterback on the football team, has been a big part of the attack so far this season. 10 points against Oakwood, 20 points against Watsika, four assists in there as well. How big is Logan Smith going to be to the Spartans' prospects here as we get into the season and move down the stretch?
4: I
5: mean, he's huge for us. He knows He knows this. You have to have – for you to make deep runs in the postseason, you have to have good point guards. You just need it. Um, I mean, because they manage the team. And even though, you know, Ty's that guy that, that can score uh, from about anywhere, um, you still need guys in the right spots at all times. And Logan's going to be that guy. And, you know, we talk about running the floor and pushing transition. There's not one guy in our program that pushes as hard as Logan, and that includes Ty. I mean, Logan, with the basketball, he's as fast as they get. Um, so we, we're we going to need him, and, and not just on the offensive end, but Logan Logan's pretty good defensively too. Um, he, he's quick and he's tough and he's physical, and, and that's the stuff that you need to make deep runs in the postseason
0: just looking at this roster, it really is a fairly young roster still with Ty, McGuire, Atwood, and Maddox Carter constituting your senior class but so many talented juniors and sophomores among these ranks. Some guys who have stood out to me early on uh, guys like Tanner Jacob, a guy like Brock Trimble, a guy like Coy Taylor, even a guy like Tanner Sims seems to be getting in on the fun. Uh, how have you seen those group that this group of younger guys really grow and develop over the those aforementioned few weeks of practice you had leading into the tournament and then what you saw from the tournament
4: well one of
5: the things we had to do in practice was we had to mix up groups so we um for the first three weeks of practice we really didn't work the first five together at all we uh we mixed up the first five and mixed it with another group of five and had them go against each other just so they could challenge each other and i think that made all of them a lot better um and, and that made for better practices and more competitive practices as well um but you're right some of those guys have really grown into their role and there's a lot of guys that have put a lot of time like you mentioned Tanner Jacob and, and Brock Trimble. those guys have put a lot of time in the off season working on their shots just to be ready for this ready for this year and, and and Coy was a big part of what we did last year and now he's coming into a new role where we expect him to to score more you know last year he was more of an energy guy uh, a guy that either started for us or came off the bench but a, a really good defensive player now He's worked on his shot where he can knock down open shots, and 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 there's going to be games where he's going to fill the fill the stat line too.
1: Coach, one more quick one for you here. Uh, I, I know you don't want to overlook Hubston area, Danville and, and Bismarck, Kenning, and Rossville, Alvin coming up. But at the end of the at the end of December, start of January, you get that Tournament of Champions game against Linton Stockton, uh, UCF commit Joey Harden in there. Then the State Farm Holiday Classic, and then on January 7th, big one against Nashville. How big is that stretch going to be? For you know for you and the team uh, and again not overlooking the next 3 games you have to get to that stretch either
5: uh, it's <laughs> our schedule is one of those where it almost prepares us for the conference schedule our conference you know I've said this before in my opinion it's one of the best 2A conferences in the state um so you know we try to we try to pack it as with as many good teams as we can and we knew that we were going to lose that Linton game at the beginning of the year but we wanted to try to find a way to play it because there's not every day you get to play against a kid like like Joey Hart. And there's not every day you get to play against a team like Linton Stockton. I mean, they're right now, they're the number one team in Indiana and it's, it'll be a great opportunity for us to play. Um, state farm is always just loaded with talent. Um, so that will be a, a, it's also a good opportunity for us. And and we need those games to not just prepare us for our conference schedule, which is a gauntlet, but for the postseason we need, we need those types of games. We need to see new types of players every night that's going to challenge us and, and get us ready for February.
0: St. Joe's Falcon Boys basketball coach Kyle Duvall. You can catch his guys coming up here against, as I look on my schedule because I accidentally put it away, against Hoopston area on Tuesday at home, 7.30 p.m. Thanks again, Kyle, for joining us this evening, and uh, good luck to you and the guys moving forward here. Looking forward to talking to you again soon.
5: Thanks. I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Thank you, Kyle. Let's go ahead and round off this week's Prep Basketball Confidential show with our latest boys' basketball top 10 rankings. Spoiler alert, St. Joe just might be included in there. Our number 10 team this week is the Gibson city melbourne sibley Falcons. You heard from Falcons coach Ryan Tompkins earlier on the show. Four and one, going to be visiting Tri-Valley tomorrow night. Our number nine team, a little bit of a surprise here, at least I think so. The Clinton Maroons checking in at number nine. They're five and one under first year coach Vic Binkley, who they got from Central Illinois Conference rival Warren'sburg Latham during the offseason. Only loss is by one point in overtime to Auburn, so Clinton looking good. They're gonna host Mount Pulaski on Tuesday. Our number eight team this week, excuse me, is the Bismarck-Henning-Rossville-Alvin Blue Devils. Got Bismarck-Henning-Rossville-Alvin at 4-1, and one, only loss of the season so far to Unity. They're going to be hosting Cisna Park on Tuesday. Our number seven team this week is the Monticello Sages. Monticello off to a 2-1 and one start, bounced back from a loss to Pleasant Plains with two consecutive wins. Sages, a tough two stretch coming up here. They're going to visit Williamsville and Mount Zion this week. Our number six team this week is the Unity Rockets, again representing the Illini Prairie Conference. Unity is 1-2 on the season. Very close losses to Rochester and Teutopolis in their last two games. Also a win over Bismarck. They're going to be visiting Marshall on Tuesday. Our number five team this week is the Tuscola Warriors. Tuscola currently 3-1, and one, suffered a loss to Salt Fork, and then bounced back with a big win over Okaw Valley. Tuscola visiting Arthur on Tuesday night. Our number three team this week, it's the Oakwood Comets. Oakwood is 8-1 and one on the season. Coming off that loss to St. Joe Ogden, visits St. Thomas More on Tuesday. Our number two team, the Prairie Central Hawks. Prairie Central still undefeated at 5-0. They are actually in action tonight at Bloomington. That should be a good game. And our number one team, the aforementioned St. Joseph Ogden Spartans, currently 4-0, hosting Hoopston area on Tuesday night. Got it under under the wire.
1: Just about 30 seconds to go, and I think that's a a great top ten in the little time we have. Keep an eye on that Prairie Central-Bloomington game, Mm -hmm. a rare Illini-Prairie Conference Big 12 battle. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, But Prairie Central, Darren Bazelle, he's got that team playing good basketball.
0: Absolutely, and they've got big expectations as does St. Joe. That's all the time we've got for tonight. Thank you all for joining us on the Prep Basketball Confidential. Colin Lycus, Joey Wright, join us again this time on Monday for more Prep Basketball.